Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is Radio Influence. The future is now. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everybody doing this week? Hey, listen, listen, I want to I wanna talk to you about wheelies, okay? Wheelies are, you know, to some people, they are comparable to the unicorn, you know, that mythological creature uh, of beauty and mystique. And, uh, you know, it's it, it. some people have seen them. Some people have not. Some people have achieved wheelies. Some people have not. I am not a wheelie guy. There's no shame in that. Can I do wheelies? Yes. Have I done wheelies? Yes. But can I do circles, sit down, standers, spreaders? No, that's not my bag. That's not me. Black Moses doesn't do such things. But if I need to lift my front wheel off the ground in motion, I'm comfortable with doing that for maybe maybe a block. I don't know. On the East Coast, we consider your wheelie game is often considered by how many blocks you have in you. So if you can throw your wheelie up for a couple of blocks, you know, that's the that's the parameters. Those are the parameters of which we're speaking in terms of wheelie. Um, I'm, I'm not a block guy. I can throw it up, make it look good for a few moments. All right. A moment. If I get a few moments, I'm lucky. But for the most part, you know, I'll get a moment out of a wheelie and I'm good with that. That's not really my deal. I have friends who can wheelie. I have friends who can wheelie and I'm good with that. The same way that black Moses does not need to be the fastest guy. I don't need to be the guy that does all the crazy wheelies and all the super crazy tricks. You know who I can call? I can call Jason Britton. I can call Tony Carbajal. I can call people that can do wheelies just like the guest on this week's episode of life in the fast lane. My guest is the pro freestyle stunt rider, Mr. Kyle Sliger. Welcome to life in the fast lane, y'all. Let's ride. Kyle Sliger falls into the category of your favorite stunt rider's favorite stunt rider. Make sense? The Indiana native has been killing the U.S. stunt competition scene And now he's got international competition in his sights. Please welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, my friend, Mr. Kyle Sliger. How's everything on your end, man? I saw the new video that Icon dropped this week. Uh, You just shot that with Jason, and that's for the new communicator, right? Yeah, that's right, man. That's crazy. The video for anybody that's watching, um, first and foremost, as far as I'm concerned, Kyle Sliger is, I'm going to say, top three stunt writers in the world. I said it. Okay, it's official. Um, And the video that you just shot with Jason for Icon, where were you guys at 
Where did you guys shoot that? You guys are doing stoppies coming down the hill. Like, is that California, I'm assuming? Yep, that was California. That was uh, Glendora Mountain Road is what they call it. And I think that was a really sick road to ride on. I'll tell you, if you ride, go out there and check that road out. It was it was a lot of fun. Now, I've ridden on, uh, what is it, the Snake? I've ridden on the Snake. It looks similar to that, but, I mean, riding in California, those canyons and the hills, they all kind of, I've talked about them before on the show, they all kind of look beautiful, uh, intimidating, and scary as hell uh, if you're not used to riding. But you guys were killing it. And shout out to Jay Big Bro, Jason Britton. Woo woo. Um, but you guys were killing it. That one part where you're like, oh, we should do some stoppies right here. And I'm like, yo. Yeah, coming down like in a little bit around the turn and, and being hooked up to those uh, to the Bluetooth, you know, that the RAU. That helped out a lot, you know, with coordinating, you know, the direction of tricks and when to when to set things down, when to pick things up and just makes riding all that, you know, just all that much better when you have you can communicate with another buddy of yours. It's just, you know, it just makes it a hell of a lot better. That's crazy. That's crazy. Now, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun out there. I had, had a blast riding with Jason. Now, with with you and Jason, I mean, I mean, you and uh, Jason Icon, how does that come about? Do you get a call? And is it like, all right, the boys from Icon reach out to you and they say, hey, Kyle, we've got this new product and we're going to put you on a plane. You come out and you do your thing and rock it out. How does that process work? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much about what happens. They kind of, you know, come up with an idea. They have a meeting and kind of figure out what, what riders would work best for, for what video they plan they have. And and then uh, if, it, if it's a good idea, they'll reach out to us and make sure, you know, we're all aboard and make sure we can make it that that day and and also are able to do what they want us to do in the video as far as bikes go and whatnot sometimes you gotta like the one for streets not dead i had to completely take my my bike apart put new fairings i mean i had to wrap the frame i mean basically build an entire new bike just for that video and then weekend after that come straight home and tear it back apart put back my Stump bike back together. <laughs> now, so, which, there's a lot involved. Which video was that? That was Streets. It was the Streets Not Dead. That was shot in Indianapolis. Is that correct? Yep, that was in Indianapolis. That's yep, your hometown. That, yeah, I'm. Well, I'm about two hours north from there, but I'm in Indy all the time, and it's an easier, you know, city to you know shout out because everybody knows Indy. Not not many people know Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is actually where I am from. Okay. Okay. Now that again, that was another uh, another icon video. Um, and dude, you 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 killed it in that. So trust me, anybody that's listening, I want you to Google while you're listening. Google Kyle Sliger and just look at his videos while you're listening to him. You're going to learn a lot about him right now during this episode of Life in the Fast Lane. Um, and you know, you and I, we met several years ago. And we've never really had a chance to talk, talk, but you're one of your, you can tell just by being in your company, you are about your business. You are about positivity. And that's what life in the fast lane is all about. Positive vibes, good life. Um, so it was, you know, it's a blessing to have you here to be talking with us, but yeah, I, yeah, no, the pleasure, the pleasure is mine. The pleasure is mine. Um, <laughs> let's talk about your relationship with icon. Um, how better yet? Let's take it back a little bit. How did you get into stunt riding? Let's just take it back. Yeah. Yeah. Stunt riding was, uh, it's, it wasn't something I thought I was really going to get involved in. It was one of those things. My, both my brothers, they, uh, they had sport bikes. One had a F4i, the other had a Honda 929. 
and I'd be driving down the road whether I see them out riding around and they'd pull up next to me and do some wheelies and stuff and and I kind of like got sucked into it by doing that by seeing them out riding all the time and so I went and bought myself a bike and I got me a Honda F4i so I can you know ride with them guys and they both had Hondas and pretty much just going out trying to keep up with them and I found myself uh going out to parking lots and trying to catch up to those guys and before I know it I never left the parking lot and I just stayed there and they kept riding the roads and whatnot. And I somehow got trapped into doing stunt riding and doing tricks. And I think a lot of it picked up from skateboarding as a kid growing up. I, I guess I just got, you know, kind of bored just cruising down the road and I felt like I just wanted to do something I wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> wait, wait, so, so wait, you, you, you were a skateboarder? You were sk- yeah. Yeah. Growing up as a child, you know, since about seven or eight years old, I was pretty much on a skateboard every single day. I took it real serious. I had a, uh, I, I had sponsors and stuff. I went to competitions and, and yeah, I did everything. You know, I was trying to go hard on skateboarding, but it's, there's, it's the, the, the skill level in skateboarding out there right now is insane. Like, you know, to, to reach that level would be, I don't know if I ever would have made it that far to be honest, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. I, but I, but I seen, you know, I got into stunt riding, I got a bike and I was still skateboarding when I bought my bike. And I remember even, you know, riding my bike, doing wheelies and stuff up to the skate park and, um, skate all day, then ride home. And before you know it, I just found myself riding the parking lots and practicing that and kind of put the board aside. And I just felt like I could adapt to the stunt riding. And somehow it just like was more of a natural thing for me. So I stuck with stunt riding. That's cool, man. Like that's, it's interesting because like, even it's fun, like, you know, I'm, I was a self-proclaimed, uh, decent skateboarder, you know, oh, in, in my younger days, in my, I was a Powell Peralta kid. Don't get me started with the Bones Brigade, uh, Search for Animal Chin. You know, we go in Lance Mountain, Ray Barbie. Um, we get, you know, I was I was about that, that skateboard life. And it's yeah. just, yeah, it's interesting how, you know, that I think there what there's a synergy between the uh, the personality of the skateboarder. I mean, that's a it's something that you can do in a group format, but most likely you're doing it in a solo in a solo manner. And that's similar to riding motorcycles. You can ride in groups, you can perform in groups, but it's also something that you can do by yourself. And it's just as satisfying. Sometimes it's almost more satisfying to be by yourself on your bike, as opposed to being in a large group or with others. You know what I mean? I absolutely. I totally agree. I, I enjoy going out to, I mean, a lot of people ask me like, Hey man, who do, who do you ride with? I mean, you're always out there and, and you know, you just out there by yourself. And most of the time I am, I'm by myself just cause I, I have time to, to think and, and think about what I want to do and what tricks I want to work on. And when I get around a lot of other riders and stuff, you get in that, you know, that zone of just having a lot of fun, which is good. And that's what it's all about. But sometimes you got to take the time to learn some new stuff and, and the satisfaction at the end of the day is much greater. You know, if you go out and learn like a new trick that day, it's like, I don't know, it's just crazy. It's almost like you just accomplished a goal in your life and you get to go home and, and sit on the couch and feel like you, you deserve that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like you've earned it. Yeah, I earned to sit here and do nothing now. <laughs> you know what, you know what I, I consider the, the, the solo ride? I call that church. I call that going to church because sometimes with the chaos of the world, you know, sometimes Black Moses just likes to be just to be centered, to to re harmonize, if that's the word. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, give, give, yeah, I just made that up. Reharmonize. Uh, <laughs> that's a good makeup word. Yeah, we can do that. But, you know, what I mean, just to get back in touch with yourself and, you know, you talk about that, that just that that feeling of, you know what? Hey, if I 
I'm it's my ride. I, I, I decide when it starts, where it goes, when it ends. I decide what I'm doing. Uh, and when I'm done, if I want to sit on the couch and do Jack Nathan, I will do so because I've earned it, you know? That's right. Yeah. 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 It's, I like, I like riding by myself. It's just nice. Like you said, you get to, you get in your own little mindset and you get to, you know, think about what you want to think about and do what you want to do. And, and at the same time, I like riding with a lot of people. So I'm, I need to make sure I make out, make it out to a lot more lot sessions this year. I've been, that's kind of the main reason why I got into stunt riding and gotten into it real, real big is just from going to those lot sessions and, and riding with everybody, making friends and everybody's feeding off each other. And, and now I'm doing a lot of like stunt shows and videos and, and other things or practicing myself, trying to learn new things. And it's kind of veering me away from being able to make it to all these lot sessions. So I'm really going to try this year to make it to a lot more of those. Are you still competing? Yeah, if there's competitions around here. I compete. I I get asked a lot to go overseas, and I'm and I'm actually building a bike now for that, just to build, just to send overseas to use for competitions, and um, hopefully I'll have that here done by springtime, and we can start working on getting getting some more competitions, some of those bigger ones that are you know out there in Europe and whatnot. So so Europe Europe is 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 that where it's popping for competitions? Are stunt competitions in the U.S.? I'm going to say I'm going to ask: Are they dead in the U.S.? I remember a time. I remember a time when it seemed like every state had the stunt showdown, you know, 2010, whatever competition, jump in King of the South and, you know, uh, all XDL and all those other competition brands and series. Oh yeah. You know, like there was a time when it was, it was everywhere. It was, but you haven't really heard that much about us based competitions. Is that, is it over? I don't No, I don't think it's over. I just think, you know, just, I mean, for some reason, it just seems like it comes and goes like it'll come in a big spurt. Like one year we'll have a whole bunch and the next year they won't have none. It's like it's very inconsistent. I can say that for sure. And, you know, if XDO were to stick around and, you know, and hold it, hold it down like they usually do. And like they did in the past around year 2012 and and younger, like they were the biggest competition around. That was the that was the the competition to go to if you wanted to prove yourself and see where you stand in the world. So, but now, like I said, it's hard. It's it's hopefully it's coming back this year. I'm I'm praying for it to come back this year, and if not, I'm still gonna be practicing for it. But I can't really depend on these comps around the U.S. There used to be, like you said, King of the South. Uh, there were some other ones out in California. There used to be Stunt Wars. Yeah. All these yeah. all these big competitions, and they all kind of faded away. And um, I just think it just takes, you know, maybe once XDL really comes back good and strong, I think all those other competitions will start coming back around as well. Um, it just kind of sucks the main source, the main one, you know, it kind of slowed down. What, that's the one we relied on the most. So. What's that event in, oh, it's down south. It's, I think you were in it, or you participated in it last year and the year prior. There's like a big street ride. Um, I want to say Tennessee. Yep, that's uh, it's uh, Kentucky. It's okay. uh, Hazard, Kentucky, and that's Bill Dixon actually runs that. It's called the SBF. Bill D. What up, Bill D? Yeah, Bill D. Yeah, dude still crushes it to this day. Good dude. I always is. enjoy watching that guy ride. He's a really yeah, good that's, dude. That's SBFC. That's a, that's actually a, a really good time to go to that one. It's uh, it's not just competition. It's um, 
it's a lot of fun. There's free riding. Like I said, there's a street ride. You know, everybody's hanging out, having a good time. There's uh, the whole town shuts down and lets us do pretty much about whatever we want. No one, no one really messes with us. So it's not like you're going somewhere and getting kicked out. You know, it's uh, it's all legit. It's a real good time that competition, and uh, they do you know a lot of things that other comps don't. They have their own little racing on a five stunt course which you've never seen another competition ever come up with something like that and they got the drift limbo and just a bunch of little mini comps to go with the freestyle which just makes it even that much more fun because it opens the book to a lot more other riders that might just be good at drifting or might just be good at doing willies around in a circle race and there's just it's a real good time that's for sure that's one of the best competitions i'd say holding it down for the united states right now and what's that it's officially called the what competition it's officially called the um, the Street Bike Freestyle Championship. That's awesome. So they, yeah, it's a it's a good one. How many competitions have you? It's I, I don't want to just ask how many have you been in because I would imagine a multitude. How many have you won? How many have I won? Um, and I'm talking about first place trophy, uh, cash in hand, check whatever like. Kyle Slager came in first place at this event. How many? Um, I'd have to say there would probably be at least 10 or more, probably more than that. I have a lot of first places from a lot of mini comps as well and other, and other things, but for an individual freestyle, it would probably be around 10 or so. Nice. But, yeah, and like I said, there's if there was more competitions around, I'd hope that number would be a lot higher. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you make a living – as a stunt rider, is that uh, is that a feasible uh, goal to have? Is it something that's attainable? It, it's definitely possible, and um, and yeah, you can do it. It's just it takes a lot of work, you know, because you know as as we all know, stunt riding the community itself is kind of small, but a lot of outsiders from of stunt riding like to watch what we do and stuff. So uh, it seems like more so if you're real, if you're just really big in the social media. You know, just like any other sport, you got a big social media following. It's almost like everything comes easy for you, but it's so hard to get a good social media following. So if you want that, you got to go out and grind hard. You got to go out and you know and and lay down videos and good content, and you got to make it to events and go to competitions and get that following. And that usually that following helps out with you know sponsorships and all that good stuff. But let's talk. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Back when competitions were real big, you didn't have to depend on social media because you'd get a lot of, you know, publicity just from being at those events and doing stunt shows and whatnot. But, but yeah, if you do it right and you have the, you know, you have the knowledge to, you know, make the business decisions and and as far as, and as along with that, do the writing. um, Yeah, you can, you can definitely pull it off. And that's, I was getting ready to ask you like how important social media is in the stunt world today. And and you answered the question. And I think that it's important that for anybody who's listening, who may be interested in, you know, we talked about that. I don't want to say golden age, but that time when it was like, you know, stunt was on TV and stunt was in the movies and stunt was, you know, in the magazines and it was more prevalent than or it seemingly was more prevalent than, you know, but for people now, for young riders, young ladies and, and young men who are thinking about getting into the stunt game, it's it's important that the relationship that that the, the presence on social media Absolutely. I agree. I, I think the social media is a big thing with the with stunt riding. It's mainly just be, because of the small community, you know. So if, if you have a big following and 
you're reaching out to a lot of people in the motorcycle industry because a lot of people in the motorcycle industry follow stunt riding, but they may not stunt ride themselves. But yeah, the social media is pretty much, I would say, have to, is most important as far as when it comes to them trying to make a living off of it in this day and age. Maybe not five or six years ago, but now it's right. it's turning into that. And it seems like it's turning into that on, on a lot of other sports as well. Yeah. But as you can see, there's X Games and stuff for other riders or other sports to to go to and reach out for sponsorship by being in the X games, but to get an X games, you got to be a damn good skater or biker or, or whatever it is. You got to be at the top of your level. So you're still going to work hard, whether you're putting out hard, working hard on videos or whether going out to a lot and practicing hard. And if you can do them both, then you're going to, you're going to, you know, dominate. So what Kevin Hart said, what did he say? Uh, everybody want to be famous, but nobody want to put the work in. Yeah. So <laughs> you got it. Yeah. And that's and that's that's life. That's a life lesson. Work hard. You get out what you put in. And okay. uh, I, I, you know, I see that every day in our industry. I'm sure you see that every day in oh, our yeah. industry. What is how important are sponsors? And we talked about money. We talked about we're not necessarily money, but we talked about sustaining, a, you know, a, a lifestyle or, or making a living in mm-hmm. stunt writing. We talked yep. about social media. Obviously, sponsors are a major, major factor. Who are your oh, yeah. spo- Who are your sponsors right now? Um, I have quite a few sponsors now. Um, right now, my biggest sponsor is Icon, and I just picked up another uh, sponsorship with. Uh, it's called Lex and Moto. Okay, and it's a Bluetooth company. And yeah. it's funny they just hit me up on on Instagram the other oh, day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're good people. They're really cool people. Real nice. Real easy to work with. And you know, they're just out there trying to push their brand just like everybody else, you know, trying to get on board with social media, just like some of the other big uh, companies out there. And so, but yeah, that, those are two bigger ones. And Ashiko Tires, I've, I've been running for them for about eight years now. And the same tires, front and back for the last eight years. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, a Kropovich exhaust, like a Saddleman Seats. Um, we got Racing Auto 5, Stunner X. Um, Stunner X is pretty much decked out my entire bike. Mm. Um, uh, those are some of the major ones there that I would have to mention. So, and and how how would you recommend? Can you recommend uh, for an up and upcomer up and comer? Uh, oh yeah. Like how do? You, what's the method? Is there a method of getting noticed by a potential sponsor? Um, I would say the best best uh, advice someone gave me a long time ago was if you're willing to invest in yourself then other people will be willing to invest into you as well. And what that means is basically if you have, you know, a nice image, a nice bike, a nice vehicle wrap, um, you stand out when you show up, you might not be the best rider, but at least you look the most professional. You look the part. That's right. You look the part. And, and actually, I mean, you'd be surprised that most of these companies, that's what they want to see. They want to see you looking professional and more professional than everybody else because, to the average eye, you're going to stand out even if the other guy might be better than you. But you know what that is, man? That's like, that's the, it's not so much the sponsorship, but it's the brand ambassador. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're looking, they're looking for someone to represent the brand. Absolutely. And they, everybody, you want to put your best foot forward. So everything that you're saying, I hope anybody listening, if you, I hope you're paying attention to what the homie Kyle was saying, because he's speaking real facts right here. Um, that is, that's very, again, sponsorships, that's key, social media, brand ambassadorships. 
and representing yourself in a way that people will take notice and want to be in the business of you. Is that accurate? That's exactly accurate. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, I mean, picture to yourself, if you were a business and you were out wanting to sponsor, you know, one of the writers and imagine there's a hundred writers out there, you're probably going to want to sponsor the guy that looks like he has the most expensive setup, the most, the nicest stuff. And, and, you know, he at least has to ride a, a little bit good. You know, he can't just be just a and, little bit. You can't rely on just your image and what you look and, and stuff. You still got to go out and learn some of the technical tricks out there. But, but if you just learn all the tricks and you're a really good rider, like some of the stunt riders out here thinking, and, and this goes for every sport where you think you can just uh, survive just by being real good and having skill and, and in some industries, you can do that. You can be a real good skater and then go to a competition and dominate. And then, you know, no one really cares. But in our industry, it's not it's not big enough to where you can just go do whatever you want. So you kind of have to, you know, follow that little bit of a step process by making sure you're clean and everything looks good. And at the same time, you're out trying to practice and kill it. So it's 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 kind of the combination of, of it all. It's, Who's so your? It makes it real difficult in stunt writing for sponsorships. It does make it is very difficult because I, I would I would imagine um, you know as we talked about when there were more competitions there were and there were more opportunities to actually have a spotlight shined upon you for you to showcase your talents. With those being few and far between, you're 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 absolutely right, and that almost that transcends across the entire motorcycle community, not just with stunt riding. That's even with road racing, drag racing, uh, motocross, supercross, the whole nine. It's all about presentation. It's all about presentation, whether you're on the bike or off the bike, whether your helmet's on or whether your helmet's off. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Make sure you, I mean, if you're talking to people, make sure you're humble and, you know, cause people remember that, you know, I know a lot of people when I first started that I can still um, think of at this moment that I still am friends with to this day. But when I met them back then, you know, they weren't as nice to me as, you know, as I would have been to somebody. And, and I remember those things and everybody does. So if you have a good attitude and, a, you know, if you're just real humble to people, then just that, you know, just that alone will help you in your future. Bro, bro, let me tell you something. You, you talk about remembering people who could have been nicer to you. Oh, yeah. I have a list. I ain't going to front. I have a list. Black Moses has a list. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so when I meet people, it's like, oh, OK. And, and, you know, if they step out of pocket just a little bit, I'm like, OK, they go on the list. Check. <laughs> there you go. Put them on the list. The list. <laughs> Who is your favorite stunt writer? My favorite stunt writer, I would have to probably say uh, it's, it's it's a cross between either Stunner 13 or Ramon Jandra is how you say his name. He's from France. Okay. But, but they just have a lot of aggression, a lot of style, and they ha- and they ride and do their own thing. They don't copy people. They kind of have – when they do a trick, it doesn't look like anybody else did that trick because they do it in their own way. And that's kind of how I looked at riding. Like, yeah, everybody might be able to step to this trick and do this trick, but you can make it look so much better just with a certain stance or, you know, I mean, there's, and those guys are real good at, at doing that. So they make tricks look good. And that's what I think is important with stunt writing is doing the tricks, but making them look good. I would say that, that you're watching you, you know, it, it almost reminds me like, I'm not going to say drunken style in the sense of, you know, alcohol or what have you, but I'm saying there was that drunken, drunken Kung Fu style. Okay. Where you look kind of, you look loose, but you're on point at the same time. Like you're so relaxed uh, that there's a, a a sense of 
it's not sloppy isn't the word. It's just like you're just relaxed. Like you're you're so out of control that you're in control. So mm-hmm. when I watch you, there's just you know what it is? Mm, I just corrected myself. You're so fluid. You're, yeah, that's a good one. You like that? You like that? That's what we do here. That's what we do in life in the fast lane, baby. You're you're fluid and it's so smooth that it's just uh you know, there's a little bit of a little bit of rock and roll, but for the most part, it's just this fluid motion from one point to the other from the as you as you move go through your motions of the tricks and and your stunts that you're performing, especially when you do your aerials, man, like it's so unex it's almost like you're riding a skateboard and that's what it is. That's what it is. It's comparable to watching somebody do a run, a street run on a skateboard. That's what uh-huh. it's, that's what I recognize by watching and it just made I am learning so much. I'm just putting all the pieces together. You <laughs> <laughs> your style is comparable to I would imagine what your skateboard riding style is. Like if you ran a, a session, a street session, you know, that's how you in my opinion that's how you run through your tricks. That's how you connect them and put them together. That's yeah, in my head, in a way, in a sense, yeah. That's that is kind of how it goes. Um, that's dope. I just blew my own mind. That's dope. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's good. Fluid. I like fluid. That's a good. I have to change change some nicknames around right. on that. <laughs> fluid slagger. New, new new hashtag alert. Yeah, yeah. Like back when, like I said, back when I skated, uh, that that was like the most important thing to me. Even then, on the skateboard, was was how tricks looked and 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 how you landed the trick, and you know if it looked sloppy, and and you had to be wearing the right clothes and everything about it. Like just would would play a part in in the skateboarding in a sense. But like, yeah, a lot of people would say the same thing about about my skateboarding. Which not today. I don't have that same fluid style anymore. I don't have that same control, but. But I think I just pretty much carried that style over to the stunt riding is why. <laughs> That's insane, man. That's insane. What, what's your current bike setup? I know you're rocking the uh, Kawasaki Ninja ZX6. Are you rocking a 636 or a? Yep, I got the 636. Yep, it's a year 2015 for the stunt bike. Okay. Yeah. And, and what, what's that setup like? What's what, you know, every every rider has uh, certain components that they must have. Can you give a, give us the rundown of what you Kyle Slager must have on his stunt bike? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing I, I have to have the steel frame. Um, you know, the more rigidness and everything just makes like the shuffling and that kind of stuff stoppies. It just makes those feel ten times better. And also, you know, I don't have to worry about breaking the frame. Um, and I have to have converti bars. They're fully adjustable handlebars that you can put on. Um, they're clip-ons. And just by having those, because there's no other bars that will go in the same spot that those converti bars will go. Okay. So I've adapted to those pretty well. I like those a lot. They have a new brand called Stunt Series. Um, way stronger, way good. Um, I have a blindside armor cage on the bike. I've had that same cage on my bike for about two years. Um, <laughs> I, I run that cage because a lot of cage companies now have they have plastic pucks on their bikes or on the cage itself. And those pucks stick out far. And with my feet kicking and flipping all over the place, I've hit my ankles on those pucks in the past so many times that it's just drove me nuts. So I've tried to find a cage and, and talk to this guy and he made me up one and, and it's lasted forever, but it doesn't have pucks on it. It's just kind of got a round sleek, a round sleek look. So, and, uh, but I run a saddleman seat on there. It's, it's a little bit more grippy. So it kind of holds you up there in like those sit down positions. Um, uh, Stunner X, they pretty much decked out my whole bike with a steel frame. They got I got the sub cage, you got the twelve bar, um, 
um, got the seat saver. You got to have that. You're just tearing your plastics up in your seat. And, you know, you got to have the dual fans, obviously, because of the overheating on the bike. Um, basically, the way you look at it, you want to set up a stunt bike. The more you do your stunt bike, the easier it is going to be for you to learn and the less stuff that you're going to break. Um, I used to have like a, um, a weak kind of like a not so good handbrake setup. And, and I rode that handbrake setup for, I don't know, probably seven years. And then I came across the buddy, Tony Perez, and, and he couldn't believe I was running this, um, this weak handbrake setup and convinced me to go ride his bike and try his out. I rode on it for about 30 seconds and was sold, went home, immediately bought a better handbrake setup. <laughs> and I'm not even kidding you. Like the next day, my riding went like way overboard. Like I was so much better at doing you know, circle tricks and drifting and all that just by having that better brake setup that I didn't realize I needed until I had it. That's crazy. So, Sometimes yeah. it's just those small changes. Yeah. And people are, a lot of people are afraid of change. And I was, I was one of those people. I didn't want to buy a Kawasaki for a long time. I wanted to ride my Honda cause I was used to it. And I'm not even kidding you. I rode that Kawasaki for a week and that made me a, a 10 times better rider. It changed my life in motorcycle riding because of the fact that it was just a better fit bike for me. And so like, don't be afraid to change out there. Try new things, try other parts and, and until you find what, what you adapt to the best. You know, Kyle, it's, uh, it's cool because just to have you uh, on the show and have you talking about you know, giving advice and talking about your setup and a few of your experiences. It's interesting that, you know, the people that I've met in the industry, I've been in the industry for almost 20 years. So the people that I meet that do well for themselves always have the same mentality of it's, just, it's the same type of energy. It's the same type uh-huh. of positive forward motion, uh, giving 150 percent all the time. And that, I think, is unfortunately, I'm going to say it's almost it's becoming rare. Oh, yeah, it is. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything bad about anybody because that's not what we do here on Life in the Fast thing. But what I've, I've got time in the game, you've got time in the game. So I've seen personalities come into our universe, I'll say, and uh-huh. it's, they're just a little bit different, something different about them. And it's not the, they don't have the, in my opinion, the stones, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. What are your yep, thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's just some of the people when they come in and some writers and, and like I said, and it goes for about any sport, but a lot of people see somebody they might have just started watching like someone like me or someone like Britain, you know, recently and within the last few years, but they didn't see the last 15 years that the guy put in and all that hard work to get where he's at now. And some people come in, they think they can learn a few things and then everything will just start falling in their lap. But that's not how it works. You got to go out, do all your work and then go get it. You got to, you got to go out and reach for it and reach out and bother people and, and, you know, go to places and show up. And there's just so much involved when it comes to what we do. If you want to make like a successful living out of it or be a, make it a career or become professional and be, get sponsors and all that, none of that's just going to come chasing after you. You got to go chasing after it. And that's, so that's, that's my point is that there's people that have, that are actively building a legacy. It's not just about, it's not just about making a name for yourself or shining or getting, you know, X number of likes and followers. It's about building 
a legacy. And I think that as far as I'm concerned, bro, every every, t- every time that you and I have been in the company of one another, uh, you know, I, I enjoy your energy. I enjoy watching you ride. I enjoy I enjoy your company, bro. So I feel like I you're going to be one of those cats that you're, you're if you're not a household name, you will be. And when you are that legacy and I'm talking about household name for people that are maybe not into the stunts, into the stunt world, um, you know, you that's what I feel. That's 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 the vibe that I get from you. Your tenacity, your professionalism, your energy. It's all on point, man. You a good dude. Black Moses. I, I, I approve, Thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know what Hell I mean? Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, desire to move on to, like, say, doing technical writing in film, television or whatever? Uh, you know, I've thought about doing all that, you know. Um, it's kind of one of those things, like, if I want to get more deep into, like, doing, like, video, you know, stunts, like you're saying, like, movie scenes and things like that. Um, I feel like that would take a lot away from practice and being one of the top riders in the world. And I don't know if I want to, you know, go more towards staying at the top level and work towards competitions or go more of a direction of, you know, bigger shows, movie stuff, stunt scenes like that. And it's kind of like, it's hard to do all of it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I still am on that fine line where I think I'm, I still want to maintain this, um, this position of trying to be one of the top riders in the world. And I, there's still a lot of tricks I want to learn. And I know I'm not going to stop until I learn these other few tricks out there. And, and then once I learn those, I'm really going to start pushing hardcore on these uh, um, overseas competitions. And I kind of want to give that a shot first and see how well I can go around and, and, and do with the rest of the world and then come back and start working more towards that. What you're saying there, like the stunt movies and, and, you know, kind of get into like the, I don't know, more of the, the money making part of it, I guess yeah. is what you could say. What's uh What's on your schedule? What's coming up? What's next for you? Um, right now, we got a lot of shows and stuff getting booked up. Right now, I got my first one's going to be in Florida, down there in um, Fort Walton Beach, um, which is nice because it's going to be you know I'm leaving here out of the winter days and going down to Florida. Like, wait, when is that? When are you going to that? That'll be April 28th. Okay. That'll be on a, on a Saturday. Yep, it's called uh, Coastal Power Sports. Is the name of the shop. They uh, they they're a real good shop. They do a big charity. Um, last year they did a big charity, raised like nine or ten thousand, I think. So and they gave all that away. And I mean they're they're real good uh, good uh, good outfit to be doing a show for. So I'm glad to be out there for them guys. But um, there's a bunch of other ones coming up. There's another one up in out in uh, Colorado. Um, be out there with Gage something something with that. Yo, Gage, yeah. that little dude. Wait, yeah. I remember Gage when he was. We were in Indianapolis, man, at uh, oh man, it was the Icon Show, and uh, that little dude was killing it. Oh man, he's a prodigy. He's he's. I mean, I'm afraid for him to get you know my size because he's going to probably put me to shame. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, so hopefully he doesn't get too much bigger. Shout out <laughs> so, to Gage, yeah. man. Yo, yeah. that kid. Whoa, that kid is yeah, a problem. He, he's yeah. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for us stunt riders that are com- competing here in America, he is a problem. He's gonna be putting us, uh, putting us in the shadow here pretty soon. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, look, bro. You know, there's. It, it, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, but we've come to the part of the show where we do what's called the super poll. And what I do is I ask you three questions and it's kind of rapid fire. And you just you give me the answer, you know, and you just, you know, just speak from your heart. Speak your truth. You ready? All right. All right let's do it. All right, man. 
With you, there might actually be four questions. There might be four. <laughs> we'll start with three. Okay. Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. Any particular reason? I like his style. Okay. He's just more, okay. laid, more laid back, chill. And and um, Tupac had a lot of emotions in his stuff, which is good, too. So, But I just like that that good vibe type stuff more sure. so than, than the emotion. I can respect that. I can respect that. Okay. All right. Moving on. Steve Caballero or Tony Hawk? Uh, I have to. I have to give it to Tony. Okay. You know, I give. It to, I give it to Tony because of all the all the crap that the people give him. You know, just for winning and trying to be one of the best skateboarders out there. And I don't know if you ever watched a lot on Tony Hawk, but the stuff and the. I mean, people would throw at him, throw stuff at him, spit on him, and everything just for winning. That's which crazy. didn't make it, yeah but a lot of people also had a lot of respect for him but he never uh you know he never showed a dark face when that when that happened and he always kept a good positive attitude and he's always and i've met tony and he was a really really nice guy to me awesome. so awesome. i gotta give it to tony and steve though he's a real cool cat too so i can't awesome okay all right moving on it's going to be four all right, right. streets or lots um, and when I, I say, say you know, just for those listening, when I say lots, I mean parking lots for stunt riding. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say I, the lots because I have more fun in a parking lot. That's what I, I that's why I'd have to answer that. That, that was, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. <clears throat> Final question. If you could take a ride with anyone alive, no longer with us, fictional, biblical, uh, where would you ride to? What would you ride? But most importantly, who would the ride be with? I'd have to say probably my dad mm. because my dad, he, he had a Harley. So my whole childhood growing up and ever since I knew him, he had a, he had a Harley and um, I got real big into stunt riding and, and motorcycle riding and all the years that I did ride, I never got a chance to go out and even ride with my dad, you know, never got a chance to go cruise the roads with him or anything. So, I'd have to say definitely ride with him. I'm not sure what bike I would ride, um, but I'd probably my bro, my cousin. He's always let me ride his. Uh, he's got a VTX uh, Honda that's really nice setup. Got the ape hanger bars on it and stuff. So it's a 1200 and it's a nice bike. And I'd probably cruise that with my dad. And probably I would go to down to Florida to Clearwater and we would hang out for about a weekend. <laughs> that's beautiful. That would be that's that's went through my head a couple of times. I wish I could have done something like that with him. So that's, that was a good question for you to ask. Well, I, uh, that was that was a beautiful answer to give, brother. That was a beautiful answer to give, man. That was nice. Um, Kyle, always a pleasure to talk to you. Do you have any shout outs, any thank yous, anything you want to say to anybody listening? Yeah, I'd like to thank, you know, anybody who's following along and, you know, and, and any of the fans that, you know, keep a keep an eye on what I'm doing and definitely thanks to all them people because if it weren't for them you know there wouldn't be a lot of things there wouldn't be a lot of motivation and and that helps push me so that's a big thanks and all the sponsors that support because without the support you know i tell you what my bikes wouldn't look like they do (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you that right now and so i definitely have to thank icon and you know like saddleman seats and stunner x and lex and moto all those people that keep me that are keeping me going and keep me motivated so those are my biggest shout outs and I have to say another shout out to Sierra Great because that's my girlfriend and she's always videoing and yeah I gotta put her out there because if it wasn't for her I wouldn't have all these videos and pictures to post for everybody to see so oh that's sweet that's very sweet (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, how can the people follow you on Instagram, social media? You know, give your tech, give your uh, accounts out so people can uh, follow you and support you. Oh yeah, sure thing. Uh, you could check my Instagram. It's uh, Kyle Slager forty four, and my Facebook is Kyle Slager Stunt. And I also have a website you can check out at kyleslagerstunt.com, which has all the links to my social media in case you want to just go to that one. So, but those are my two main ones. My I don't have a whole lot on Twitter and stuff. I never really got on the Twitter too much or anything. So, I can dig it. Brother Kyle, it has been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for just a little bit of your day. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It was a, it was a blast talking to you. Good deal, man. We will talk soon unless I see you first. Sounds good, man. Good talking to you again. Take care, man. Thank you. You too, buddy. We'll see ya. That's our show for this week. I want to say thank you to Kyle for hanging out with us and spending some time and talking all things stunt. You know, a little little announcement, little announcement before we wrap up this week's episode. Next week, next Thursday, March the 7th, Black Moses was born. That's right, y'all. It's my birthday, March the 7th. That's next Thursday. My birthday's next week, but the celebration starts on Friday, the 1st. We're celebrating all month long. If you guys see me at an event, we're celebrating. If you see me on social media, we're celebrating. If you see me anywhere, we're celebrating my birthday all month long. The entire month of March I'm celebrating my birthday and you're welcome to celebrate it with me. Okay. And you know what I want? You know what I want? I would like for you all to please follow the show on Instagram at life in the fast lane official on Twitter at L I T F L official and on Facebook at life in the fast lane podcast. Please hit that like the share, the subscribe button. I'd appreciate it. Happy birthday to me. You dig? We'll be right back here next Friday with an all new episode of Life in the Fast Lane. I'm gone. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. I just find that we look unintelligent. I find our country at times looks unintelligent. We have a guy up there who's a crook and a liar who worked as a sidekick for a crook and a liar and a racist, by the way, because he said that too. Um, he worked as his right-hand man, okay? He's as guilty as a person that he's talking about, period. Now, the difference is Cohen's going to jail. Trump's not. So Cohen don't give a rat's ass. He's going to go up there and he's singing like a songbird. And... It got emotional up there. In a way, you, you feel for Cohen in an odd way, okay? Because he's the one falling on the sword, and the guy who he fell on the sword for uh, keeps on shoving the sword further up his ass. So after all that testimony, we're going to go over a few things he said, which you know very well Donald Trump listened to every single second, every iota of it. You know he did. The one thing that Donald Trump's he said, it was all lies. This is Donald Trump now, except for the part where he said there was no collusion. So all the rest of it was a lie. All of it, except for the part where he said no collusion. Now, isn't that just rich? You know, I'm at a point now where I don't know why anybody 
would be drawn to Donald Trump. You can find Ian Beckles' Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com. 